Hey you guys, welcome back to the show. I have to start off by saying if this episode sounds a little different, it's because I'm sitting in my car recording this on my voice memo app on my phone rather than with all of my podcasting equipment set up. Um, And the reason is because I actually have already recorded this episode and it didn't come across with the heart that I wanted it to come across with. And so while I was doing things around my house today, I just decided I needed to take a break and record this episode. Normally, I can only record the episode either while my house is empty or while my son is napping just so it's completely quiet. And so today, my house is filled with lots of people and love and memories being created and I just needed to step away and the only quiet place I could find would be my car. So I'm sitting in my car talking to my phone and um, I have just a really what I think is important episode for me. It's at least really important for my heart to share. I really feel like my intuition is telling me that I need to share this and so last time I had this feeling and this strong of a feeling is when I recorded my episode on mental health. And that was by far my most popular, my most resident, my most downloaded show. And so for some reason, I just feel like I need to record this episode. And like I said, I've actually already done it, but I wanted to come back and do it again because it is such a sensitive topic. And I know I'm going to be stepping on a lot of people's toes. I know that there's a lot of friends who um, may inadvertently (laughs) need to step back from our friendship and our relationship, and I totally understand that, And um, but please know from the beginning, my heart on this is not to be controversial, but my heart is to just to tell you how my eyes have been open and how my heart has been open. While I know this episode is going to be controversial... (laughs) I still have to share it and um, I'll explain why at the very end but I do urge you to just listen to what I'm saying and I'm not trying to change your mind I'm not trying to change your heart I'm not trying to change your beliefs at all in any way I am merely telling you my story so if you will just let me have what is mine I promise I will respect you and whatever beliefs whatever heart you have whatever your mindset is on this manner I promise I'll respect it but please go into this knowing that I'm not trying to convert you I'm not trying to do anything (laughs) I am merely telling you my story because I am realizing that all of this is so much bigger than I could have possibly imagined. So that's my preface. Please listen to the very end. I'm going to try to be very cautious about how I say things, but I also don't have any notes. I wrote out a lot of notes into the first the first time I recorded this, I went off the notes and it came off the wrong way. So I'm just going to speak from my heart and I hope that's the way it comes across. So At the beginning of 2018, I set goals that I wanted to accomplish this year. I hate resolutions. I am not a resolutions girl, but I do love goals. And so I set a lot of goals, one of which was to read the entire Bible by the end of the year. And I actually was doing really well for a couple of months until I got to the book of Job. And I had always known Job's story just from Bible school, from going to church, just hearing stories here and there. And so I always knew what it was about, but just reading it, I almost read it as though it was 
my best friend had written a journal entry and I was absolutely devastated. It just wrecked me to my core. I could not, I could not function. You guys, like I found it hard to get out of bed in the morning and look in, look in the mirror. I have, I found it hard to look at the blessings that my, my life has been given that I have received because of what had happened to Job, which sounds so silly, but I mean, if the Bible is something that we take so seriously, then we need to look at that seriously. We don't need to just glance over it. This is how I felt at the time. We didn't need to just glance over it. We needed to take that seriously. And what happened to Job was absolutely devastating for multiple reasons. He was a faithful man who did nothing wrong and basically whose whole life got screwed up. Um, And it was just so sad because then I started to realize, I started to dig a little deeper and I started to really internalize what was happening both in the story and not necessarily in my own life, but how I could have seen it reflected in other people's lives that I knew, other families that have been devastated by different tragedies. And I realized that if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, what keeps God from doing this again? Now, I do believe that we serve a good God, that he's a loving God, he's faithful. And at the end of the book of Job, which it took me like three months to finally get through it because I couldn't stand it. I could read like one sentence at a time and I'd have to put my Bible away. I couldn't do it. I could not push through this book. So I understand at the end, the lesson that was taught and the lesson that was learned at the end of the book of Job, but I, it was not okay with me. It still was not okay with me because I kept going back to, if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then he could do this to anyone. And if he could do this to anyone, then is this what he was doing to these families that I'm referring to that like their whole lives basically have been wiped out because that's not fair. These people didn't deserve it either. But if God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then what? Like it was just so confusing So I really struggled with not only finishing that book, but whether or not I even wanted to continue reading the Bible that was based off of this God that was supposed to be so loving and is, I mean, I felt that love in my own life, but it was just so confusing. And I didn't know that I wanted to find myself in a situation like that just to accomplish a goal. I didn't want to keep reading stories just to accomplish a goal, just to check it off my my list. So I knew with as long as it took me to push through Job and the fact that I was questioning everything, I knew I wasn't going to read the entire Bible in 2018, but I also didn't really care to anymore. I felt like I had heard enough that I was kind of done with it at that point and I needed to just take a break. I needed to take a step back and I needed to just kind of remove myself from the situation of the Bible, reading the Bible, fully relying on the Bible, because I kept going back to if God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then what makes him, what keeps him from doing this? And I'm sure you have your answers. I have the answers that I feel like, um, had I asked this earlier in life when I was truly learning about the character of God and things like that, that there's things that people would have told me, you know, that Job happened in the Old Testament. Now that Jesus has come with the New Testament, Jesus covers our sins and things like that won't happen again. (laughs) Kind of like God promised to never flood the world again with the rainbow, things like that. Like, but I keep going back to if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then why is this happening? Why is there genocide all over the world? Why are there 
people hurting other people all over the world that you know, I just don't, I don't understand. And I will never understand that on this side of heaven. I know that. So I really had to take a step back and figure out what I believed. So cut to my birthday in early September for my 30th birthday, my husband pulled off like the most incredible 30th birthday surprise. So what he did, he had one of my favorite music artists of all time. His name was Derek Webb. He had Derek come and play like at my birthday party for my birthday party as my birthday party and birthday present out like all in one. So Derek does these things called house shows and basically he'll go like anywhere in the country and it'll be like a an intimate concert. So what my husband did, he got Derek to come and Derek put on a show for my birthday party. And I've listened to Derek Webb for about 20 years, which really spans his entire music career, almost. Um, about 20 years ago when I first discovered him, he was in a Christian band, and I loved the band. And then about 10 years after he was in the band, he broke off and did his own thing. And so he's been doing his own independent work for about 10 years now as well. And I've always followed his career from the Christian band up through his most recent album. And so when he broke off and did his own independent work, you could really see through his music, through his albums, how he was evolving as a person, how he was evolving in his life and his beliefs and his spirituality and things like that. And what I have always loved about his music is that his music is always it's beautiful. It's beautifully written, but it's so real. And even back in the Christian days, his songs would be the songs that talked about how life was hard, how he didn't ever know that things that he wanted, if he would ever receive them. But at the end of the songs and at the end of, you know, the albums and, and you could tell the foundation of his faith and the foundation of his songs were always that, but we know that God is good. So I always appreciated that because that was back, um, like going into my adolescence where <laughs> everyone's adolescent years are so tough. And so I always appreciated his honesty of like, yeah, my friends are going off to college now. These people are dying. There's people that, um, I wish we're here with me and they're not and things like that, that, um, always, always, always touched my heart. Whereas this was during a time in the Christian music world where it was really popular. And even still now, um, I think things are finally evolving back to kind of what Derek had done 20 years ago, but these artists were writing music about how good God is and almost like worship albums, like hands raised to the sky, just worshiping and complete surrender. Like, God, you are so good. And Derek was like, yeah, but I'm lonely and I don't ever know that I'm, you know, going to receive these blessings that I really want. And so I always love that. His music has always resonated with me. So even when he did his own thing and he, he broke off and went into um, his more independent work, I continued to follow his career because I noticed that the albums that he would put out, I had been like two or three steps behind him. And my beliefs. And so when I heard his music, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's absolutely like, that's very similar to how I think not on everything, 
but pretty close. So I always just followed his career so closely until his latest album. And he calls it a tale of two divorces, one horizontal, one vertical. Horizontal because he got divorced from his wife. And when he got divorced, he decided to just kind of tear everything down and rebuild it. He calls it de and reconstruction. He just deconstructed everything and he wanted to go back to the beginning and say, why do I believe what I believe? And that became the vertical divorce um, from the Lord. So he just wanted to, to start over from the beginning and figure out what he believed and why he believed it, things like that. So while I understand the premise of it, I myself had not come to that point in my life. But again, Kyle, like I said at the beginning of this episode, like I was going to respect his space for being his and his opinions for being his and um, just just loving him and loving him through his music and his vulnerability and everything like I wanted to follow his journey. Well, when I listened to his album, it was so heartbreaking that I just, I couldn't stand it. I could not listen to his whole album. And this is before I read the book of Job, by the way, I could not listen to Derek's latest album. And then he comes out with a podcast series with the same premise. And I tried listening to the podcast. I just couldn't do it. And I, so I tried to pick a different episode and I still couldn't push through it. And so I know I needed to take a step back from him as well, just because I couldn't quite understand where he was coming from. And so I knew until I was ready to understand, I just, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I I didn't I didn't want to start questioning myself. I didn't want to start questioning what I believed and I didn't want I just wanted to respect his beliefs for what they were and <laughs> while remaining ignorant <laughs> in my own mind um to what he believed. So I wanted his his stuff to be his, I wanted my stuff to be mine. So I just kind of backed off for a little bit. So when I saw him for my birthday, you guys, he radiated such love and joy. So this person that I thought was devastated and he was, I mean, in his album and then in his, um, podcast, things like that, you can tell there was absolute devastation there. So because I took a step back when I knew he was so devastated, I thought he was still in that devastated place. So when I saw him at my birthday party and I just saw like what love and what joy radiated from his face, you guys, I've never, I've truly never experienced anything like this. Just watching him be, watching him talk to people, watching him talk to me, his mannerisms, his facial expressions, the way he would nod his head and he would listen and he just, he listened not only with his ears, but with his heart. Like he was the most loving and compassionate person I have ever seen. And he's truly... If he heard this, he would think it's so ironic. He was truly what you would imagine the spiritual embodiment of Jesus being if he was here on earth. So you know how as Christians, you want people to look at you and say, there's something different about that person and I want to know what it is. There, that person has a peace and a joy that I just want, I want to know more about it. And then we're like, well, it's because we go to church. It's because we believe in Jesus. It's because we read the Bible. And because, you know, it's because we're Christians. That's why we have this joy. That's why we have these great, loving, giving hearts. So the irony is that after he divorced vertically from the Lord, he was still the most 
spiritually radiant and loving, I mean, strikingly beautiful heart and soul and spirit that I have ever seen. And so I walked away from my birthday knowing that he was okay. And I was so grateful to have that peace, that peace alone, that peace of mind actually brought me to tears um, a couple of times throughout his show, like just knowing like, yes, he is okay. And um, so then after I had time to process it and everything, I thought, so I want to know about his journey now, because when I first left him, when I had to take a step back, he was so devastated. What makes him okay now? And I just, I'm just curious. I just want to learn about it. And so here's some context to how I have always been. So I'm pausing my Derek Webb story for a second and just hear some information that it's helpful. I have always been so fascinated with other beliefs, other religions, other denominations, not to take on as my own, but I've always been so curious as to why other people believe what they believe. And it's always actually been a dream of mine for me to have people of oh my gosh, like 10, 20, 30, however many beliefs, religions, belief systems in one room. So I could just ask them questions, not in judgment, but be like, so tell me why you believe what you believe. So when we die, where do you think we go? And again, not in a, not in a trying to convert anyone kind of way, kind of like I'm approaching this podcast. Like I'm just very curious. I always have been because I've always believed that to some extent, every religion, every belief system has validity in some way. And so I approached these podcasts in the same way. Like, I'm just so curious as to why he's okay now. I'm so grateful that he is. But tell me more. Like, how are you okay now? So then I started listening to his podcast and I found myself in the same place that I was when I would listen to his previous albums of like, you too? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> That's so interesting because I actually believe these things too to some extent. Like I can see your points. I, that's valid. That's absolutely valid. So yeah, I, I can see how you drew this conclusion or whatever. And let me say this too. Sorry, pausing my story again. I don't want anyone to think that at the conclusion of this episode that I believe what I believe because of Derek that's not true. There's a lot of things in his episodes, in his album, things like that, that I don't agree with. I just let his opinion be his and I have my own opinion. So I don't want you to think that I have changed my beliefs because of it, but I do feel like the things that I have always had, the questions I've always asked, the issues I've always had with the Bible and with Christianity in general, with religion in general, were completely validated. And now what's happening is because he so bravely put out all of this stuff and was so transparent as he has always been. But I also went in with the non-judgmental mindset and just listening ears, listening heart. I am giving myself the permission to finally draw my own conclusions on what I believe. I will say 2018 has been a completely transformative year in a way that I have never expected from wanting to read the whole Bible to completely breaking away from my faith, needing to take a step back. And then over the last about two and a half months, I too have been what Derek calls spiritual D and reconstruction. Um, I just wanted to tear down walls. I wanted to throw everything out, everything that I couldn't 
see in my own life or everything that I couldn't see from someone else's perspective. So I understand that I don't, that I can't comprehend everything that's ever happened in the history of the world or things that are happening, the terrible things that are happening. But I'm just trying to think from the perspective of a person who has Jesus in their heart and who's trying to love like Jesus, what do I know for a fact to be true and what needs to be thrown out? So one of the things that I know to be true is that the foundation of Christianity is the Bible, that we as Christians believe what is in the Bible. Just like other beliefs, other religions have other documents, our document is the Bible. And as Christians believe, the Bible is correct. Everything outside of the Bible is incorrect. What we believe, because it's based in the Bible, based on the Bible, because the Bible says it, that is what's correct. So like I said a few minutes ago, I believe that Every religion, every person, every belief system has validity to what they believe because it's so almost ignorant and almost like superior for me to think that what I believe is correct and everyone else is wrong. And I'm going to love them even though they're wrong, but I know that I'm right because the Bible tells me that I'm right. So I believe that people have... That everyone's beliefs, everyone's belief system is correct to some extent. Here's like the summarization of this whole episode. I just believe that our God is so much bigger than we can possibly imagine that even the Bible is putting limitations on what we believe for this God. So I think that God is actually bigger than what the Bible claims him to be. Isn't that crazy? Because we as Christians believe that our God is limitless, and he is. We as we as Christians believe that our God is the creator of everything from the beginning of time. God created time. God created, you know, the future, and God created the heavens and the earth and the galaxies and everything in it, even down to every single hair on my head, leaf on the tree, blade of grass that's growing in my yard. God created everything, and we are all to worship him and we all do worship him and we all worship him in our different ways. And a tree can't worship the same way that I can because the tree can't speak, but it can, it can worship by doing whatever God has called it to do. The ocean, for an example, it's one of the reasons why I have an ocean wave tattooed on my wrist. The ocean worships and gives thanks by just being itself. The ocean can't be the tree. The tree can't be the ocean. It needs to be itself and a separate entity because that's what God created it to be. But it's true. So all all God had to do is create the, the ocean and then set it into motion. And it has been worshiping and doing what it was created to do for all of eternity since before we can even possibly imagine it. And it will continue to do so while we're gone. So the same God that created all of these things and all of these beings and all of these forms of life <laughs> in an incomprehensible amount and in incomprehensible ways God created everyone, and in the history of time, God created everyone. But what if we all are separate like the ocean is to a tree? What if we all worship in our own different ways? What if based on our culture, we worship in different ways, and yet we're all worshiping the same God? So as Christians, we're raised to believe that people who bow down to statues are worshiping false idols. It's stated in the Bible. It's one of the commandments, do not worship false idols. But what if them bowing down to a statue, they feel the same connection to God that I feel to my God 
which is the same God, is when I'm in a worship session at my church with my hands raised or whenever I fall to my knees in thankfulness or when I'm down on my knees because my son is sick and I don't know what else to do and it just is so heartbreaking and devastating to me that I just get down on my knees and just pray with all that I am. How is that any different? It's probably not. So what I'm saying is I think that God is so, 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 so much bigger than we can possibly imagine that actually, in fact, everyone in this world, no matter how we get to him, we're all praying, we're all worshiping, we're all talking to the same God. That our God created all of us and created all of us differently and independently and to do different things. So I knew that my God was the God of everyone. I knew that my God had created everyone. But whenever these people over here on this side of the world or this culture and that that religion, that denomination, even if they were the people next door, like no matter where in the world they were, if they were worshiping in a different way, if they were worshiping idols, if they were lighting candles, if they were doing whatever, whatever their meditative or prayerful spiritual practices were, that they were praying basically to an empty God. And the Bible even says that God doesn't hear the prayers of those who are not faithful to him and faithful being like have laid down their lives, have accepted Jesus into their heart kind of (laughs) belief and faithfulness as outlined by the Bible. So to me, the people who are doing these other like almost pagan worship sessions are worshiping to an empty God, a God that is there, but is not. There's no line drawn between the God of the universe, the God who created them, and then the God that they're praying to, if that makes sense. But then I thought, but what if, what if the Bible's not right? Wouldn't that be crazy? What if our God was actually so big and so, so, so limitless that he actually can't be squashed down into the box of the Bible, that the limits, the box that is drawn around the Bible, the limitations that the Bible puts on everyone and everything saying, this is right, this is wrong, do this, don't do that. What if God actually sees more than that? What if he sees beyond that? What if he's not, what if he is limitless, truly, truly limitless? And as Christians, we're raised to believe, well, we know our God's limitless because he created all these things and like, no, 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 no. If you say that, Then you have to know and you have to think, what if this is such a simple example, but one that's very controversial in the Christian world. What if gay people, LGBTQ people are not wrong? What if they're not sinful? What if they were created to be that way? What if they were created to be that way? I believe they are. I always have believed that they are. So it's so funny that the Bible has for forever told me that being gay is a sin. So it's one of those things that, you know, and I see this, I'm not claiming this as my own. I've seen this in the Christian church, like, oh yeah, well, you know, we of course love gay people. You know, we want them here because God's called us to love everyone. Red, yellow, black, white, LGBTQ, whatever, however you are, God's called us to love everyone. And I do truly believe that. Oh, but just so you know, you're gay. So that's a sin. And I, my response was always, okay, well, if being gay is a sin, I'm a sinner too. So what makes me any better than them? Because my sins are easier to hide. I mean, you have no idea what I'm sinning over in my own house. Like just because I'm not walking hand in hand with someone of the same sex doesn't mean that I'm any better. <laughs> We're all sinners. That's how I used to approach it. And now I'm like, 
no, 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 no. I think the Bible's wrong on this because I think that God is actually bigger than what the Bible even gives him credit for. That God, being so creative, because we all, we know that no two people are alike in the history of the world, in the history of humanity, and in the future of humanity. No two people will ever be alike. And we can't justify why we are the way that we are. I can't justify my personality or my physical attributes. I can't do that. Same way as someone, again, just using the LGBTQ example. There's so many others that I could do, but this one I know people have a lot of opinions on because it's beating a dead horse in the in the Christian church right now, and I'm so over it. So I'm just going to go back to it. But they can't justify the way they are because that's just the way they are. I can't justify my hair color. I can't justify my mental issues that I've always had. I can't justify my personality or my preferences or the fact that I'm physically attracted to certain people and not other people. I can't justify any of that because God has just created me to be who I am. And like the ocean, he created me and set me into motion. And now all I need to do is just be who I am and worship him in the same way. So how dare I tell anyone, anyone, LGBTQ, whatever, different belief system, different religion, different anything. How dare I tell them that they're wrong? And here's how we as Christians have always justified it. Because it's in the Bible. Oh, okay. So it was written by people who culturally at the time, again, going back to LGBTQ, just, I'm just going to use that as the, um, just as, as, as a consistent example, not because this is the only applicable example, but just to keep it consistent. So the Bible was written at a time where it was looked down upon to have any same-sex tendencies. So maybe in the interpretation of these quote-quote prophets, with their cultural programming that had happened, they say, well, I don't have this issue, you do, And we don't think it's right because culturally it's wrong. So how dare we today, how many thousands of years later, why are we still holding these people to the standards by something that was culturally wrong back then, but probably wasn't ever wrong because these people were just being the ocean and they were just doing what they were supposed to do. They were just being who they are. It's so fascinating to me. Like, I truly feel like a light bulb has gone off in my heart, in my mind that I'm like, I sure, I can see how a lot of the Bible is valid. I can see how a lot of it is correct. I can see how a lot of it is not. And I wish I had more knowledge on other religions. Ugh, another reason why I need to have like a huge group of people like together in a room so I can just like talk to them all and just learn more about everyone's religions because I'm so fascinated by it. But I'm sure each of their documents is valid too. In some ways, I don't think we're all right. I don't think any of us are completely correct. I really don't. And I've always said that. I have always said that there's no way that I'm right about everything. And certainly not because the Bible tells me that I'm right. Here's the other thing that I've really, really had to question and completely throw out and trash is the programming that happens as Christians and the programming culturally that happens 
me in America because I have always lived in America, but I'm sure this happens all over the world in every different culture, the programming that happens with this is how we do things because we've always done it or this is what we believe because of this. So the programming that happens in Christianity has always been you know, you may have questions, but at the end, you just have to walk by faith. Like the Bible obviously doesn't answer a lot of questions that we may have, a lot of things that happen in our own personal lives. Like there's no way that a document written how many thousands of years ago can answer what's currently happening in my heart, in my mind, in this current situation, you know, whatever. So we just have to walk by faith. And I absolutely believe that. I have talked about that before on this podcast. I have run by faith because I like to run, but I have run by faith tattooed on my foot. And I wouldn't have done that had I not believed it. I do absolutely believe you have to have faith. So why can our faith not be big enough to believe that God is the God of everyone and everyone reaches him just in different ways, but we're all talking to the same person. We're all worshiping the same person. We're giving thanks to the same person. Why can we not believe that? Why do we as Christians have to believe that we're right? Why? Because we're scared to not be right? Because in America, that's part of our culture is like, we have to be right. We have to be the best. I don't understand. I don't understand that. This becomes such a bigger issue. This becomes such a bigger conversation that I may or may not do episodes over. Probably not because I don't want this podcast to turn into denouncing any certain religion or religious practices. But when you take a look at, especially if you're raised as a Christian, why do you believe what you believe? Chances are it's because it's always been told to you that way. So like me, I, like I said earlier, just again, staying with the LGBTQ issue, I've always known that I didn't think it was wrong for people to be gay. And if it was, you know, I wasn't going to at that point denounce the Bible and say the Bible was wrong, but I was going to say I was, so I was, this is what I was going to do. Okay. So imagine it this way, because I'm a visual person. I wasn't going to say the Bible's wrong on this issue. I'll say, oh, if they're less than... So, like, imagine me standing on a stage. If they're less than and so they drop down to the floor level, well, then I'm no better than they are. So I'll drop down to the floor level with them. Like, if they're going to be wrong, I'll be wrong, too. Like, if the Bible tells us that we're wrong, oopsies, guess guess we're all wrong. We're all in this together. Rather than just staying on the stage looking down and saying, you are wrong, your practices are wrong, your preferences, your personalities, the way you act in this way is wrong, I was just going to jump down in there with them and be like, okay, guess we're all wrong. And now I'm saying, no, 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 no. What if the people who have been standing on the stage and have come up with speeches and sermons and songs and everything based exclusively on the Bible, what if they're wrong? I no longer am going to believe someone who stands in a position of power because they stand in a position of power and they use the Bible to justify whatever sermon it is. I have sat in the most disgusting and vile sermons. Things like, if you are a Christian, you'll vote for this politician. If you're a Christian, you'll give me this much money. If you're a Christian, you'll da 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 whatever it is. To me, that's disgusting and vile. And I'm no longer going to believe these people, although I never really have. But I'm like straight up saying now, I'm done with it. I'm no longer going to believe what they say is correct, especially if 
They only have the Bible and scripture to try to justify it. Because this is, what again, when it gets into a bigger issue, bigger conversation, people can be incredibly political. And that goes down to a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors in the church. Now, I'm not saying everyone. I know some of the best, most kind-hearted preachers, pastors, people who have given up so much to pursue reaching the world to show the love of Jesus, the love of God. I have, I know, and so I'm not saying this is for everyone. I'm saying Christianity in general, you have to be very careful of this because they can, because pastors can be very political and how they play their game going down to the church is actually run as a business and so in order to get their business to grow in order to get their ministry to grow and especially my gosh especially in the age of the mega church in order to compete with other mega churches this is how it has to be and it becomes very 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 political and I'm done with it I'm done with it I am done with it Because I think these people are almost using scare tactics and hope tactics, which I agree with the hope part, but I think they're doing it all wrong. But the hope tactics of, you know, just come here, come to me, come to my church, come to my religion. I will help you because I want you to have eternal life in heaven. And I have no doubt that I'm sure at least the majority of the people's hearts are in the right place. But... Why can't we just love them the way that they are? Why do we have to tell them that they're wrong and that they need something else? Now, I understand there is pain. There is hurt in the world. People have needs. And that is fantastic. That is where the quote, quote, church of Christianity or other beliefs or other religions or other denominations or other cultures or whatever. We all need to help these people. But I don't think it needs to be at the cost of trying to convert them into our religion so that they're saved, so that they can have eternal life and, you know, whatever. Because what if that is already promised to all of us just because God created us to be who we are? Just because, just like the ocean, God set us into motion and it's our job to be who we are. Just because I don't worship as the trees do, just because I, Kristen, don't worship as a flower that blooms or a sunflower that moves with the sun. Why do I have to tell other people that they're wrong? And one of the things that I have always noticed about other beliefs and cultures, religions, even down to cults, is that once you are learning about it, the thing that I didn't like especially in cults, was that you were told this is right. You believe this because this is what this book says or this is what the foundation of our faith relies on and believes in. And we know this to be true. We can't justify it. We can't always justify it. We can't always explain it. We just have to know. We just have to trust that this is true. And you can't have an opinion outside of this. And I know I have heard that a lot in the Christian church. I've even thought that a couple times in the Christian church. Again, going back to to the LGBTQ example, like I didn't agree with it, but I was going to try to justify it like, okay, well, if you're not good enough, then I'm going to jump down here with you rather than saying, no, I'm going to form my own opinion and say, no, you're wrong. No, the Bible's wrong. No, this pastor who's telling these gay people that they're wrong, you're wrong. What if we're right? 
anyway, I don't need to get back on that soapbox. But what you have to be very cautious of is when a religion, any religion, any belief system tells its people, its followers, you have to believe this. You cannot form your own opinion. This is what you have to believe. I know you may want to believe otherwise, but this is what we have to believe because this is what this document says, because that's when it becomes programming and brainwashing. It's also a very beautiful word for brainwashing. It's called indoctrination. And so a lot of Christians were indoctrinated in the Christian faith. They were never given the opportunity to come to their own conclusions on what they believe on these issues because they were indoctrinated in it. And so I'm so grateful that I am (laughs) obviously a very liberal thinker, apparently, which just means that I don't bow down to whatever everyone else is saying just because they're a pastor on a stage and they have, you know, a position of power telling me what I need to believe based on this one document in order to keep their own church thriving. But most Christians were indoctrinated and they didn't get to choose what they wanted to believe as being correct. And I'm done with it. And I will tell you right now, the cycle stops with me. And my child my children someday, if God were to give me another one, they will see me learning about other beliefs, other religions. But more than that, they will see me coming up with my own conclusions that are very, very, very welcome to continue to evolve. Since the recording, the second recording of the same episode from the first recording, my my views have continued to change. and But what it is, is they're getting softer. I thought that as a Christian, I was soft. And I thought I did have a heart for the world. And I thought I had a heart for God until I really started to think. And I was like, no, but how much bigger could my heart get? How much more could I worship? How much more could I be grateful and thankful to the God for giving me blessings? If I took the limits off of God and I just saw that we are all the same. That some of the choices may be wrong. Don't get me wrong. People who hurt people, that's very wrong. But just being who we are, that's not wrong. Even if we have preferences, even if we choose certain things, it's not necessarily wrong. So I am taking all of the limits off my belief. I'm taking all the limits off my God. And so I want you to know this because I know a lot of you may be concerned with me and where, where I am now, where I'm going, you know, whatever. I know that you may be concerned. I want you to know now that I am not concerned about myself. I'm actually more myself and more comfortable with who I am as a person because I'm now no longer comparing myself to the person I'm supposed to be as stated by the Bible. I just know that, and this, this is biblical and I agree with this. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me is not without effect. And now I can also say it's not without effect or without limits. It's limitless, and I'm going to love people limitlessly. (laughs) And I'm going to teach my children to do the same. And I'm going to teach them that there is a God, but the God, quote, quote, God, may be called something different in different beliefs, in different religions, in different cultures. It may be called the universe. It may be called the ultimate being. It may be called spirit. It may be called mother nature. Whatever it is, however it is. 
we all just refer to them in different ways. However, we best connect, however, our hearts best connect with our ultimate creator. That I no longer have to worship just the God that's in the Bible. That there is, to me, the same God. It's just broadened my horizons, broadened my perspective on how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And that we can love him because he first loved us, because he created us. It's very liberal, I understand. And yet it's not. It's the safest form of love because all we have to do is love people for being who they are. So this is why I wanted to explain this on this podcast. Because I firmly believe that everyone was created for a reason. I firmly believe that everyone was created for a purpose. And I wanted to kind of stand out and be a little different than just a cheerleader saying, yay, yay, go live your purpose. I wanted to say, and here's biblical justification as to how you can do this and why you can do this. Here are some spiritual tools as founded in the Bible that you can use. You can start implementing to live your purpose. And then whenever I started throwing everything out the door, out the window, I wanted to, I knew that it would affect the podcast. And for a long time, I thought about not even doing it. I thought about doing one more like closing episode, but I truly think that my perspective is going to help a lot of people and I have to do this. My heart wants to do this and I want to do it from this new perspective and I want to do it from the perspective of someone who just loves people, someone whose God was so big that he gave me the ability to just love people and help people. It doesn't matter what your background is. I no longer want the Live Your Purpose podcast to be exclusive to moms or exclusive to Christians. (laughs) As you can kind of tell from like my past few episodes, they've not just been exclusive to moms. I've tried to make them applicable to other people because that's just how I've always been. And so even in my podcast, I was trying to limit myself and limit my abilities and my capabilities to just being Christian to the God that's outlined in the Bible, like the the God who is limited by the Bible. And I'm done with that. That's not how it's going to be anymore. And so number one, I hope you don't fear for me. I hope you don't fear for my child or my future, my eternal state. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Not at all. I'm not worried about it at all. Number two, if you need to stop listening, if you need to take a step back from our relationship, I understand. Take your time and process. I would love to talk to you again. If I don't, just know I'll love you and I'll let your opinions be yours and I'm going to let mine be mine. But number three, this podcast may look a little different. And if you don't want it to, if you don't like the way that it goes, if you don't like the way that it evolves, that's okay. I hope the previous podcast have helped you enough to where you could go back and continue listening to them or whatever the case may be or maybe whenever your heart is ready when your intuition is ready you can come back and join us on (laughs) the more current episodes but I just want you to know that I'm okay that you're okay that we're all made in his image that we are all perfect that we were all created for a purpose and only you can live that purpose And I refuse to let my, maybe my own personal boundaries of Christianity, my interpretations, my programming, my culture of the Christian church, 
I'm sorry um, for anything I may have done or anything I may have said to make it seem like it was limiting, but those are gone, at least the best of my ability. Now, I do have to go back and kind of unprogram a lot of things that have been done, and so I may slip up every now and then, kind of like in the the first recording of this episode, this podcast episode, I knew I just wasn't quite what I wanted it came from a different heart a different perspective and I knew I needed to unprogram a lot of things and kind of soften myself a bit before re-recording it and so now I find myself still sitting in my car um (laughs) talking into my phone um there's a lot of unprogramming I'll have to do and so I hope it comes across with the correct heart but just like everything like I'll have to recover and um you know I may slip up every now and then and Maybe the coolest thing is that I reserve the right for everything to continue changing, for everything to continue evolving, for everything to just be written in pencil. And I get to continue journaling and then go back and I get to erase things and change my opinion on things. And um, that's the best thing, you know, about life and about growing and about evolving as a person is that the more you learn about life, hopefully the softer you'll become and not the harder you'll become. But the more you'll have a heart for people and the more you'll start to see clarity in your purpose and how you can help these people that that need help someday, just like I need help as well. You know, I hope to be one of the people that pours into you and encourages you and loves you for being you and not ever telling you, you know, that you're wrong because you're being who you're being, because every person has a purpose. And so I have turned over tables I have cleared the floor, I have torn down the walls, and now I'm rebuilding, and I will say the foundation, my new foundation, oh, I'm so much happier with. I'm so, so at peace with. I'm so overjoyed and content, and that I know that everything is okay now, and I want you to feel the same way too. So I'm excited about the future of the Live Your Purpose podcast. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it takes us. And I thank you for listening, especially if you stuck with me this whole time. This is definitely the longest episode I've ever recorded, (laughs) but I thank you very, very much.